Arizona Sports is proud to present the Uprising Podcast. Uprising Podcast. Hello, and welcome into a Thanksgiving edition of the Uprising Podcast. I am your host, Jake Anderson. Today, my guest is Phoenix Rising goalkeeper Zach Lubin. Zach will be returning for his fourth season in Phoenix as part of the core four that includes center back Joey Farrell, midfielder Kevon Lambert, and captain Solomon Asante. The core four are also the only remaining players from the club's 2018 USL Championship final run. And in my opinion, rising this offseason has been intentionally left out of USL's championship recognition of the 2020 season almost, and no more than Zach Lubin, who somehow wasn't nominated for either save of the year, both in the regular season and the playoffs, which if you watched any part of Phoenix Rising's playoff run, you would know Zach Lubin was maybe the most important player in it. So without further ado, let me bring on the man himself, Phoenix Rising goalkeeper, Zach Lubin. Zach, how are you, man? It's good to see you again. Hey, Jake. Good to, good to know hey. that you're coming back. How uh, Was that a team option? Was that a player option? Or are you allowed to get into that? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was a team option. Um, but you know, I, I was very confident that they were going to want to bring me back too. And, um, I'm excited that, uh, I am back and yeah, it wasn't really, uh, it was an easy decision. Like, and I think the club is very understanding too, if the situation's not right or something's wrong or, you know, you know, maybe I, uh, was really trying to hold out to, to go MLS or something. Uh, I think they would be willing to work with me on that, but um, it, it was a pretty, pretty easy decision. Yeah. I think the fans definitely are glad to, glad to see you back. You're definitely one of the fan favorites. How important is it to you that I'm calling it the core four of yourself, Joey Farrell, Kevin Lambert and Solomon Asante. You guys have been, this will be your fourth season upcoming together. How important is it that, you know, you've kept uh, basically, you know, keeper, center back, midfielder, forward. How important is that for, for the club? Yeah, it's awesome. I think it's huge. And, you know, few several years ago, you know, I don't think you saw that kind of retention with some guys. Like clubs were, you know, a lot more turnover. And uh, I think it's really important just for, like, a culture standpoint. Uh, you know, like we have our captain, Solo, coming back, who's, you know, stepped in after Dids left, you know, seamlessly. Um, and is such a huge leader for us on and off the field. Um, and then, you know, to have someone in every single line that can, you know, hold the standard and then also help kind of hit our coaching points and things that we've been doing and working on for the past three or four years. So then, you know, kind of help, help out the coaching staff because we know exactly what's being asked of us. Um, so that's huge. And then, yeah, just from a culture perspective and, how we want our locker room to be, how we want to operate on and off the field is uh, is huge. And that's how it's keeping guys around that really maintain a culture and high standard. Because if you're constantly cycling guys in and out, I don't think you have that consistency in what you're trying to attain as a club because, you know, it is more than just the product on the field. So as a goalkeeper, looking at the team now, um, you're obviously only going to have two guys in front of you if you were to try to take take the pitch right now. What is that going to be like for you, you know, mentally, emotionally, being that you know, you've lost a Corey Wheel and you've lost an A.J. Cochran? We'll see what happens with Damian Lowe. But at the same time, we have Darnell coming back. You guys also have Joey coming back. What is, what is that like for you as a keeper? 
Um, you know, it's it's great to see the couple guys we have, you know, especially Joe Farrell, as much as we've been through. And Darnell, you know, we became close on and off the field. Um, you know, a great guy and a fantastic player who made a switch from right back to left back. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the staff's plan is and where he'll be playing. Um, I guess it all probably depends on who's available in those positions. Um, but, you know, him being so dynamic and being able to play multiple positions is huge. Um, and then again, like, I trust, you know, as much as we miss AJ, like, who was so instrumental in 2018 – or, sorry, 2019 and then this year – um, and Damian came in and was big time for us, and Corey was so good from day one. Uh, they're definitely going to be missed, but, you know, I believe in our club and the staff that they're going to find players to to replace them and, and who are going to come in and do really well and, and hold, the, hold that standard because, you know, Phoenix Rising, like we always talk about, like, you know, it's winning, it's winning championships, so they're going to bring in the guys who they think is necessary to, you know, keep bringing trophies home. All right, so I got to ask now that pretty much all the end-of-the-year awards, especially the fan vote awards, have been given out. You were not nominated for any goalkeeper save awards, both postseason and regular season, and I think there's some video evidence that could say otherwise, especially during the postseason run. I mean, as a player, I know you guys don't try to wrap your heads in, in that kind of stuff, but like to see that the league and, – and I could be going on my own tangent here, but it kind of seems like the league stayed away from nominating you guys as a team. You know, I, I feel like that too. Um, you know, I kind of went off on Twitter a couple of weeks ago on the league. Um, and I think it's more than, I think it's more than just Phoenix rising. Um, I, I think it's the whole West coast, especially us on the West coast who are playing in Pacific standard time through most of the year, obviously we're now in mountain time, but um, you know, the, the three hour time difference, you know, we're kicking off at uh, 10 30, 11 for them. So I understand that maybe they're not watching the games, but, I, I truly think that they're not watching the games. Um, and, you know, unless you're, you get your save blown up on social media, you know, that night, uh, I, I kind of feel like that's just what the league looks at. So I feel like it's not just Phoenix rising, um, which I, I also do believe that they've kind of left us hanging in, in terms of awards last year. Um, it goes just beyond the save. Like, you know, like I said, it is not something we pay attention to exactly, but like when I feel like it's consistently happening, it's, it's been a bit, a little bit frustrating. Um, but just, you know, the awards from 2019, um, you know, the inclusion of our players that deserved it. Um, and then, you know, just this whole year in terms of, uh, some of the things they see, I, I think they miss a lot, uh, on the West coast, you know, like, you know, Reno, was incredible this year and was so good. And I don't know how often they, I mean, I can't keep track of it, but like, I think generally they, they miss a lot. And I see guys scoring goals on the West coast that aren't being included in goal of the weeks and stuff like that, not just on our team. So I think it's, uh, it's more than just Phoenix. I think it's a whole West coast, but you know, too, when you're top, you, you get a, uh, it's, it's a little bit harder, you know, the expectation of scoring four goals a game, you know, and maybe our strikers, we only score one. Then it's like, oh, well, they didn't, you know, they didn't do the norm. But still, it's like they're doing incredible things. Yeah, and, I, and I'd say for anyone that didn't see a West Coast game that they should really watch, it would definitely be that game against Reno. You got 120 minutes, penalties, four goals total. It's, it's a definitely a fun one to rewatch if you're a Phoenix Rising supporter. Um, and mm-hmm. then the last thing I'll say about the whole league thing was that, you know, they released – 
a video when the final ended up being canceled, which, you know, weirdly enough, didn't have one of the teams in that video. And that was you guys. So that's kind of where my whole thought on, okay, this is intentional started becoming a thing. Um, but to yeah. go back to Tampa, and, and, because you and oh, I haven't, I'll let you go. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I saw that video. Uh, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. I mean, that's the other part too. That's, that was a bit frustrating was, and I'm going to talk, I'll talk really because I called him out on Twitter and I'll, calling out here like you you know to I feel like the whole final got really brushed under the rug um you know to just like Saturday like an hour after the decision it's just like oh 2020 is over on to 2021 and you don't even have your Western Conference champion in the video it was just shocking you know and then then the next day when the final should have been played like let's have a bit of a consciousness about what happened and what we lost. Um, you know, not even like a, Oh, here's your Western conference and Eastern conference champions. Like this was their road to get there. Like put up a highlight video of, you know, what Tampa Bay did this year, put up something about what we did this year, like just a complete disregard for everything we went through this season and to get to a final and have that taken away. was like incredibly frustrating, you know, like, not even a mention. And then the video that they put out just a minute later, like I just felt like was really tone deaf for, for what the players were going through in that moment, the guy, the players who made it there and now don't get a play. And then to be completely left off was just, um, you know, it, it was, you know, tone deaf. And I think shocking, I think in intentionally done so. Yeah, and I think that that video is what kind of confirmed the intentional or intentionality of it and in leaving you guys out of some stuff. I mean, um, we don't have to talk about uh, the Junior Fleming's incident, but the award in which he got the golden boot, you kind of saw it was Golden Glove, Solo Asante Assist Champion, and it was kind of like, Junior Fleming's won the golden boot, and it was kind of at the bottom of of the announcement. But to go back to the final, which was actually the last time we spoke, which was almost three weeks ago, we were, you guys were preparing to play. Can you kind of just take me you know, quickly through that week of you are getting ready for a final. It's your second opportunity in three years for you. I know, especially getting to a final and getting and you know, wanting to win it this time. And then it, like you said, it doesn't even get played. And then all of a sudden it's kind of like, how are we supposed to feel right now? Because has anyone do you or anyone you know ever been in a final that's been canceled and then it's just over like that no no never um and so that's what made it so tough too and and COVID makes it really tough as well because like obviously before I speak like I understand that people this year have lost a lot more than just the ability to play a final or a game um you know losing loved ones, family members, people losing their lives, people losing their jobs, um, their houses, like everything. So it's like tough to, you know, compare that, you know, playing a game compared to losing a family member or anything like that. So, you know, in that sense, it, you know, got to stay humble a little bit in that, in that perspective. But at the same time, like, it's not something you could, I feel like ever prepare for because it's never happened before. You know, so you've never seen this, these things happen. You never, uh, you, you don't know how to think or what, how to feel about it just because it's really just like so rare. You, you don't, 
you know, obviously you need to go through things on your own to really, really learn, but to not even have a semblance of an idea of how to deal with it and why this is happening or whatever, like was, uh, was really tough for sure. Um, and, and yeah, still shocking, still, still tough to think about. Yeah. I, I think like that's been the whole, I guess, theme of 2020 is just what we're going through. We really have no one to go to, to ask for advice. We don't have a book. We don't have a blueprint, which actually leads me to my next question, which is, you know, it's looking like USL's 2021 season isn't going to kick off in March. It's probably going to kick off closer to April or May. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So right there, that March is going to be kind of that quote unquote year out where we can look back and see where we did things, what worked, what didn't work in terms of Maz and all that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there is a type of blueprint that you guys are going to use going into this next season being like, okay, well, when this happened last year, this is what we did and it worked and vice versa. This is what we did and it didn't work and we should do something different. Yeah, for sure. And, and uh, I'm going to kind of go back to that video, like the USL post and I'm going to put them on blast again. You know, they, they try to just push the 2020 season just under the rug. Like it was tough. It's over. Let's look forward to 2021. Well, when is the 2021 season going to be? What's it going to look like? So don't, don't like, shrug something off and just try to look forward to what we don't even know we're looking forward to. So that's another piece that really was frustrating was like, you know, okay, then tell me what, what is happening in 2021? Cause you seem to be moving on. Um, so I had to get that one out too, but. Um, <laughs> all, all good. Uh, this is the platform to do it. And so, yeah, I mean, as we go forward, like that's, that's a big part too, which is good to, we're bringing, you know, 10, 11 guys back, um, guys who we've, we went through this, you know, and we know how everyone's going to react and how we handled it. Um, so that's good to keep that bit of consistency. And, and I think everything will be a lot smoother, you know, cause like I remember the first couple of weeks of like testing, um, you know, we didn't quite understand the testing protocols and, um, you know, dealing with, you know, Oh no, not getting our results back the next day. Like we were so fortunate too, because we had ASU's spit tests where we didn't have to send it to New York. Um, just kind of having known and understanding those things is, is really helpful. It helps you wrap your head around it and, and understand it. And then I think we did a really good job this whole season of adapting to, to what works and what people like. And, you know, at the end of the year, it was conversations about like, oh, do we want to fly to LA or San Diego or do we want to bus? Like, you know, just kind of going through all those things and knowing what makes the players most comfortable, our staff and club were continuing to adapt to and and coming to us with their, you know, questions about what what's best. So I think we've kind of already been through a lot of it and worked through that process and I guess, you know, it is going to be all up in the air with now the news of a vaccine or when we're going to start, you know, how, you know, are we going to be able to fly and travel the full, you know, Western United States? Uh, You know, those things will all be up in the air, but I think it was good that we have a really good idea of the protocols and standards that are going to be held. And to go with your point of 2021, I mean, we know for a fact Reno is not going to be on the schedule. We... We're not really sure if Fresno is coming back. So in terms of your opponents, you don't even know who all your opponents are going to be. 
Um, just to go back exactly. to that. And, and the, the MLS Reserve League, you know, coming in. And exactly. That's a great some, point, too. some of their Portland MLS one teams out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then we'll have Oakland Roots in this year. So it's, uh, you know, it is very unknown. We, we really don't even know who we're going to be playing or when we're going to be playing. So, uh, you know, I'd love to know those things before we brush 2020 under the rug because we're going to have to learn a lot, you know, as we talk about unprecedented times when you're approaching that final and you actually just went through it that week. You know, I heard they had a plan for if there's a couple of COVID cases, but none for if there's a mass, you know, outbreak and you have to cancel games. Well, you just went through it with league one. So how are we not more prepared for if this is going to happen? Like, you knew this was a chance. So as you dealt with it, league one, why aren't you preparing for, Hey, if 10 or 15 guys, you know, go down and we have to cancel this game, what, what's our plan going to be? Uh, and, you know, they really dropped the ball there. Um, this is something that I was wondering because we as media didn't really get an opportunity to kind of have a closing interview with, with Rick or anybody. Did you guys as a team kind of have like a goodbye meeting to where it was kind of like, because I know you guys came back separately on um, different days just because of the flight situation coming back on you know, a canceled game. Um, but was there like a kind of like one last like, goodbye meeting or something like that not really and that was that was really sad um that's shocking that's to me of, honestly it it was it was tough and like I was a guy who stayed um we did we weren't all able to get on flights but like my family was already in Florida uh, my parents and my sister had come down and we have some really good family friends who live right there in Tampa so uh they were there so I decided I was like oh it's an easy decision like I'll stay and hang out with my family and just take my original flight and same with Darnell. Uh, you know, he got to stay with his family. So that's like nice that we were. Um, but yeah, you know, to think like the previous couple of years, we have a big, you know, soccer ball uh, event, a fundraiser for our youth club and, you know, an award ceremony and just everything. Um, and we, we didn't get that. Um, and, you know, Europe was going on lockdown. So uh guys were just you know especially our european players were kind of just itching to get back because you know we they didn't know you know scotland is already on full lockdown and sam wasn't sure if he was gonna be able to get back to see his family um you know and some of these guys so you know as soon as that decision was made it was like everyone just kind of scattered and got home and got to where they needed to be right away because everyone didn't really know what was going to happen um so that that was sad that we didn't get that like those that last party or the, you know that that time together that you know we worked so hard all season and to to then just enjoy it and let loose a little bit it was that was pretty sad and disappointing to not get that especially with a locker room as tight-knit as phoenix has always been um you know and this year again after what we had been through uh to not be able to you know look back and celebrate and talk about it a little bit amongst ourselves it was it was pretty sad this next question, and I'm not really even sure how you can compare it, but comparing the last two off seasons in which you lost the final, which you were the regular season title winners, but came up short in the playoffs. But then compared to this season to which it's not like you're coming off of a loss where you're pissed off. And at the same time, you didn't win. So you don't, you, you didn't get that sense of fulfillment of achievement. Mm-hmm. What does this off season feel like? I mean, maybe compared to any other off season in your life. 
Well, I mean, not just that, but, you know, everything going into it again, like we say, we don't know when we're starting, um, you know, don't, and you don't know what teams are going to be around. You don't even know what next season looks like. So you're kind of left in an unknown position there. And like a lot of off seasons are kind of an unknown sometimes. Um, yeah, it's been tough in that perspective because I, I always found it interesting to think like, you know, you're, you lose a final and you're so mad and you're so upset and it just eats at you all off season. And for so long, and you just want to get back to work because you just want to go win. And you kind of forget how successful you really were um, all season. Uh, and so like, you know, you, you are angry and you're chomping at the bit. And then I, you know, that's just when you've lost those, that's really my only experience. So, and I don't know what it's like to win. I would, I kind of in the PDL, but a little different stage. It, and then now to not even get a chance to play, like personally, I, I think I would have rather lost than not play at all. Just because to just have that opportunity to compete uh, is so important. And, you know, that's, that's something we live for. It's, it's how am I like, I want to be in a final so bad. I want to win. You know, everyone talks about that clutch gene. Um, You know, you know, how do you play in a final? How do you handle yourself? Like that's the pressure moments that you want to find yourself in and play in and, and, you know, test your, your ability, you know, that's what it's about. And we didn't get that chance. Um, And so it's, it's really, really hard and disappointing, Um, you know, and then you don't celebrate your Western conference championship quite as much because, you're looking, you're looking to that next game. You're looking to the final, you know, we had been in, we'd won a Western conference before we've, we've hoisted that trophy. And, you know, when we did it in OC, it was, we hoisted it maybe in front of more fans than we got to at home because of yeah. COVID, you know, cause we had two or 3000 fans show up to OC. So, uh, you know, it was like, all right, final, final, final. Like this is the cup we don't have. This is what we need. And it was all just looking forward to that game. And, uh, yeah, to, to not get it, it's, it's hard to explain, especially in this moment when you don't know what your off season's like, you don't know what next season's going to be like. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty tough. So it's, that's also, again, what makes me so happy to be back with Phoenix Rising, to have a little bit of that comfortability and knowing that we're in such a solid club and that we're going to look to operate um, no matter what. And, you know, we are the ones driving – this season to, to happen. Um, and so, you know, we're going to do it again. So that's, that's a nice bit of security, but I've taken my three weeks now. I've never taken three weeks before really to uh, just kind of off, but I'm, I'm already like ready to get going again. Cause uh, you know, I want to win, I want to win that uh, USL cup. That's for sure. So, and, and it's, it's tough that we're not starting, but also at the same time, it gives you a little bit more individual time to, to maybe work on some things that, uh, you know, we want to get better at. I know there's some things I want to get better at. Um, and that, that time isn't always available during the season, uh, especially here in Phoenix when, you know, it's some individual skill or whatever it is work you want to do. It's really hard when it's 110 degrees, you know, you've just been training for an hour and a half, like, the idea of just staying out in the sun for another 10 or 15 minutes is, is tough. So uh, it'll be good in that sense that like, I'm going to take some 
time to really work on some some technical, some skill stuff, and and uh, hopefully be that much better going into 2021. Yeah, you you definitely echo echo your manager's words when talking about being appreciative of a Western Conference championship, but it's not your first. So you want the one you guys haven't gotten. And this is the last thing I'll say about, you know, the final being canceled for how good a form you were in and the challenge of being a keeper and going up against, you know, the Eastern Conference uh, finalists, champions and, and, and all that. I'm going to train this question into 2021. And as you just brought up those, being able to be in Phoenix and do individual workouts and whatnot, what does your off season look like both typically when it's not, you know, mid pandemic. And then what is this off season going to look like for you? Um, yeah, exactly. Like you said, like the final, you know, incredibly tough. And that's, you know, for me, I've been a part of two USL finals and didn't get to play in either of them. So this one was like really, really special, you know, and important to me was like, like I talked about a little bit earlier, just, you know, sitting, I've been on the bench and it was like, all right, like, you know, I'm here, but you know, that next step is being on the field and playing, like, do you belong? And, and that's what was really exciting for me was to be in such good form. Um, and then to be playing in my first, uh, USL final was, uh, was, was pretty exciting prospects. Um, and you know, that's, that's what I'm going to miss the most was just like, man, that opportunity to be there. Um, but, uh, yeah, in terms of off season, like generally a lot more travel. Um, I always look to to get away, to get to unplug a little bit. Um, this year, kind of really just taking it a step at a time. Um, not really planning on traveling as much. Uh, well, definitely not. You know, I'm staying here for Thanksgiving. Just been kind of hanging out. Uh, hopefully, some Christmas traveling. But um, you know, I want to get through this pandemic as much as anybody else, and um, have been a big preacher of, you know, making the right choices, you know, uh, not disregarding COVID because it's very real and people are dying. So, uh, you know, I've been an advocate of wearing masks and, and staying in when you can and not traveling and not exposing yourself. So this off season is kind of going to be chill. You know, I've, I've been preaching those things and I'm, I would like to, uh, you know, live up to the things I'm talking about. So, Right now, not a lot of travel, just hanging out. Uh, it's going to be really nice to be staying in Phoenix this offseason. Uh, we'll be able to at least get out on the field and train a bit compared to being in Chicago when it's negative 30. Uh, that's tough. So it's going to be it's going to be relaxed, I think, this offseason. Um, now, generally, like most times, take two weeks off right after the season before starting to work out and get fit again. So with an extended off season, I, I decided to grab an extra week. Uh, also with a little, another uptick in age, it never seems to be going down. So as my, as I get a little older, I got to take a little bit more time off. So took three weeks and went on a nice little jog with the dog yesterday as my first, uh, my first workout. So now it's just kind of slowly getting back into my fitness, you know, a little bit of running some, some ellipse. I'm, I, I don't like impact. I'm a big guy. So some elliptical stuff like that. Get me going, jump back into the weights in another week. Um, and then start to just kind of slowly work our way back out on the field. And me and Darnell are already planning on, you know, get back out on the field next week and starting, starting to work. So it's just a, a slow progression. I'll build up pretty hard, not a ton on the field before Christmas. Um, but just making sure that I'm fit 
and physically ready to be jump back into the hard work on the fields. Um, and then after Christmas and after New Year's, that's when it really, you know, a little less of the weights and strength and conditioning that I'm doing throughout December, um, more on the field uh, work in December or sorry, January. And, and now we have February. So um, just a little bit of a combination of both, but again, got to be weary of, you know, when we're starting and to not, you know, ramp myself up too high. And then we're all of a sudden kind of stagnant for a little bit more time. So it's going to kind of be taking a stride and take it a little bit slower uh, this year. But again, you know, one thing this year has taught us to, to be adaptable um, and to make sure your plans can change uh, because I think that's kind of what this year is, this off season is going to look like, you know, as our numbers keep skyrocketing, like who knows if people are going to be able to travel for Christmas even. So uh, it all just kind of taking it a day at a time. I have a decent blueprint, but um, that's, uh, that's, that's written in pencil because you got to be able to change it. Yeah, I think you definitely nailed the head or sorry, nail around the head there about the upswing and uh, and COVID and how we should continue to take that seriously. If you look at the numbers that came out today, nearly 5,000 positive cases, um, which is a number we have not seen since the summer. Um, So Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens there. Um, This last question is going to be just kind of a fun one. It's obviously Thanksgiving in a few days and everyone has their own Thanksgiving traditions. I I guess in a normal year, what is a a Zach Lubin Thanksgiving look like? And then what is this year going to look like? So, well, I'm actually like pretty, I'm really excited. Uh, so normally we would spend Thanksgiving with our uh, neighbors that live down the street. Some of our best family friends. Um, they have a son who was in the same class as me in high school. Uh, you know, really good friends. But we, so we would always go down there, kind of have a little light brunch, some mimosas and some cinnamon rolls uh some fruit salad start in the morning and then kind of go back on our own continue cooking finish up and then kind of bring it all together we we'd usually spend the whole day together where we live two houses down so um you know i think they would usually do the turkey we do all the sides and stuff we do our own turkey and the big thing was we had to do our own turkey and i kind of explained this to to bosch uh, the other day a video came out <laughs> about my dad's gravy and mashed potatoes and basically because he uses the drippings from the turkey um, to make his gravy so we have to make a turkey as well um, but so we we'd go down there and bring all the sides and um, but what I'm really excited about is actually that my friend who was in the same class as me those family friends he moved to Phoenix this year uh, with oh, his wow. girlfriend. So while he was even looking for an apartment earlier in the spring, this was during preseason, he was staying with me, but they're, they're here now. And they have a little, uh, like 13 week, uh, Frenchie French bulldog that oh. together with Lenny. And we're actually going to go over there, uh, Thursday morning and do cinnamon rolls and mimosas, uh, with them. So bringing our little West Hollyhock Bozeman tradition, uh, to Phoenix, and then they're going to do their own thing for dinner, but we are going to share Thanksgiving with Darnell uh, and Kim and his wife, Kim. Uh, so they're oh, doing the cool. turkey and we're going to bring the sides and hopefully I'll be able to probably a lot of FaceTiming with my father to try and make this gravy recipe. So we'll see. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're really excited. I'm excited to have a little taste of Bozeman 
Montana here and then to, to be able to spend it with friends and uh, especially, you know, a, a couple who we became really close with this year. It's, it's going to be fun. Okay. Last question, because it's usually a Turkey day question. Take Turkey out of it. What is the best food on Thanksgiving? Oh, mashed potatoes and gravy. Thank you. Thank they you. Might, they might, they Thank might, you. That might be the best food regardless yes. of the turkeys involved or not. Yes. Like I eat my turkey with the mashed potatoes and gravy like yes. piled onto it. So Zach Lubin gets it. It's, it's not even a question. All right, Zach. Well, I appreciate you taking the time uh, out of your day to join me right before Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy holidays. Have a great off season. I'm, uh, I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Happy holidays. Enjoy your, enjoy your Thanksgiving and your mashed potatoes. I will. You too. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the gravy as, as you try to, uh, try to copy your dad's uh, recipe. I'll let you guys know how it goes. All right, Zach. Thanks for joining All me right. again. Yeah. I'll see Thanks, you. Jake. See ya. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Uprising Podcast. Now, this is usually the part where I say when Phoenix Rising's next match will be, but as you just heard, nobody is expecting the 2021 USL Championship season to start until closer to May. So for all things Phoenix Rising, be sure to head over and stick with ArizonaSports.com, download the new Arizona Sports app, and be sure to follow me on Twitter all off-season long for Phoenix Rising News at JWA1994. Until next time, Ci vediamo a dopo. Ciao.